0: Yeah, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you in the DriveHuber.com studio. KB and Andy, Mark Dytton producing today's effort. Reminder, coming up at 9 o'clock, Bob Kravitz is going to join us. Uh, We'll obviously talk some Pacers, some Halliburton injury, and, of course, the end of the Colts season. We'll do that with him. You miss any of our show, any of the fine shows here on The Fan, catch us on the Podcast Center at 1075thefan.com. All right, you know it's a Tuesday. You know it's 8 o'clock. Head coach of the Pacers, Rick Carlisle, joining us here on the program. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing?
0: Uh, we're good, uh, and we appreciate you joining us. Uh, you know, it's been a great stretch the last couple weeks. Seven of eight had the six in a row last night. What a great second half and finish. Uh, but obviously, the Tyrese Halliburton injury is something we've talked a ton about this morning. Uh, any additional information you can give us as we sit here right now at 8.01 a.m.?
1: Now, right now, um, he's going to get it checked out this morning. Uh, get an MRI this morning, and then, uh, and then we'll know more. But uh, if it's okay with you guys, I'd like to say a couple things about the cold season, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I just, uh, I, I just thought they had an amazing year. Um, I don't know what their projected wind total was, but but they shattered it. And uh, I thought Shane Sykin, you know, did one of the most brilliant jobs any rookie coach has ever done in any sport. And one of the things that really caught my attention and the attention of my coaching staff was when someone after the game asked Jonathan Taylor about the play call at the end, um, his quote, and I'll read it because I thought it was one of the really defining things about the the culture that they're building, which is very consistent with what we're building over at the Pacers. That was the play we called. And I stand by the coaches. Taylor said, you see what Shane has done all year. Have you really questioned his calls all year? He's always been calling the right play at the right time. No one questioned the call. No one did. And I just, I just think it's such, it's just such an amazing tribute to, um, what they're doing over there Uh and this is this is why you know you take you take care of a guy and you and you pay a guy like Jonathan Taylor he's not only a great player but he's obviously a guy of uh, of amazing high-level character and uh you know I just uh, really happy for their franchise and wow what momentum they have going into next year so appreciate that
2: Coach, if you don't mind, I want to stick there just for one more. I remember when we had you on at the start of the season, you brought up a conversation you had with Shane Steichen. I believe it was last spring. Some, you know, whatever, Shane gets hired in mid-February. At some point, he comes over for a game, and you and him had a conversation in your office before a game for you guys. Uh, What do you recall about, you know, your first impression of him? Because if I remember correctly, you were pretty struck by him right away.
1: Yeah, there was no question to me that, they had hired the right guy, and I, I had not even seen one game. But you just, you just have a, you just have a sense and a feeling about uh, a person. This guy was, um, a, a obviously a highly highly intelligent guy. Um, has certain energy about him, and you could just you could just tell he was a guy that's wired for success. So I don't, you know, I think he, I think he and Ryan's, but. Bo- um, uh, the kid from uh, Houston should both get <laughs> rookie, uh, a coach of the year. I mean, I just thought that the job they both did was out of this world. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with all that, but uh, you know, I just uh, have a great, great deal of respect for what I witnessed this year over there and uh, wish those guys the best.
2: He's Rick Carlisle. He's with us here, obviously, every Tuesday at 8 o'clock on the wake-up call. Um, coach, could you take us into... Your locker room at halftime and just emotionally where guys were at. Obviously, Tyrese goes down with a few minutes to go in the first half. Um, I thought it was a really incredible resolve by your bunch in the second half to win that game. What was halftime like, and maybe did the start of halftime feel different than the end of halftime just from an emotional state and getting ready to go back out on the floor?
1: Well, it was very, very scary uh, when you get it have a, when you see your your best player get Carried off the floor. I mean, this was not, you know, a guy with his arms around people's shoulders, just limping. He was literally carried by James Johnson, and there was one other player. And, um, you know that that has a very uh, sombering effect on everyone. The crowd, the team. Um, There were three, I think, three or four minutes to go in the first half. Um, When we got in at halftime, uh, I was I was told that he had walked on his own power from the training room into the locker room and he had ice on his um left hamstring. And so the fact that his teammates had seen him walk under his own power um was was, was uplifting. And then uh, when the coaches got in, um, you know, he was he was sitting in his seat and uh he had his he had his um his hands, you know uh, over his face, and his his head was down. He was he's disappointed that he couldn't be out there uh, you know, fighting with his teammates. I think that was the 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 major feeling. Uh, obviously, other concerns go through an athlete's head. I you know I'm I'm not a I'm not a mind reader, but um, we talked about where we were in the game. We talked about the similarities it was to the previous game. The difference was we had had the lead several times in, in the game. On Saturday, we never had the lead at all. And when we beat them in the in-season game, we were down seven at halftime. In this case, we were down nine. So we just reiterated that, you know, we're still we're still right there. Uh, what we need to do is is establish leverage in the game, um, get our fans into it, and. Um, You know, we told uh, told Tyrese right there that, you know, we were going to hold the fort for him. And uh, so he'll get an MRI this morning, um, and we'll find out more. But uh, the second half was, you know, one of the greatest regular season second halves I've ever been involved with, you know, given all the circumstances. um, Our guys rose to a a, a different level. Um, You know, Matherin had his most impactful game yet. And that's saying a lot because he's had a lot of them. Uh, McConnell was brilliant. Uh, Nemhard was was terrific. Um, Buddy Heald was uh, w- was terrific in the second half, and you know Jalen Smith's block on Jalen Brown was was another game-defining play that uh, that, that kept our fans in in a, in a frenzied state throughout.
0: Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Lakers Hotline. Yeah, coaching. Uh, you know, I didn't know this, but Mark Dighton at yeah, coaching. Uh, you know, I didn't know this, but Mark Dighton and Kevin Bone they were at the game last night. It's like two thirds of the show was theirs,
2: so they got. And by the way, Rick is spot on about that Jalen Smith. <laughs> that block was unbelievable. The, you know, late there in the third quarter, I thought that that just ignited the fan base yeah. throughout the floor. Uh, it thing. really did. Rick Carlisle with us here
0: on the Payless Lickers well, Hotline. Andy, Go ahead.
1: And if you told me you were at the game, I would have been surprised.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Uh, fair enough. You know, I, I might be out there on Wednesday. I might be out there on Wednesday. I was actually going to be out there on Friday, but I had a buddy cancel on me, so you know how that goes. Uh, Rick Carlisle with us. Uh, you know, to a man, it seemed like after the game, to a man, they said, "Hey, um, you know, this is not going to be like last year when Halliburton was injured." I assume you feel the same. Why? Why do you guys feel that it won't be the same if he if he misses time here? It won't be like last season.
1: Well, we have, a, uh, we have another year of experience. We have another year of resolve in the locker room. We've we've added some some quality pieces to our team with uh, veterans like Bruce Brown and, and Obi Toppin, and then our young guys. You know, um, you know Walker hasn't played a lot yet, um, and neither has Shepard. But but they both are doing great things in the G League, and they're both demonstrating on a pretty much daily basis that that they're ready if needed. So, you know, we've got <clears throat> we've got more weapons, I think. Um more experience, and I think the the word is is resolved. Now, you know, talk is cheap and 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 we'll have to see, but uh it just it just feels like this is a challenge that um our guys are looking forward to taking on. It's not one that we like, you know, missing a guy like Tyrese, but um we got a pretty, we got a pretty tough group, as you saw last night, and uh, and going forward, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can to find ways to win. It's
2: outstanding environment last night in uh, quite the second half from McCarlow's Bunch. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Pacers 21-15 and 15 on the year will conclude a five-game homestand tomorrow against the Wizards. Coach, I want to go to the end there when Buddy Heald challenges the Jalen Brown baseline jumper, initially called a foul on the floor. It gets overturned. Um, You know, I think NBA fans maybe are still getting used to, like, what challenge life is like and what does it exactly mean. What is your process like when it comes to challenges? And you see, like, Mike Weiner, everybody kind of scrambling to look behind the bench right when that play happens. Kind of walk us through, if you don't mind, uh, what you need to hear from your bench, your video department, uh, before you decide a challenge.
1: Well, we have to have a pretty strong feeling that, um we would win the challenge. That's one thing. Now as to when you use it, um <laughs> that's that's always the big question. And if there's a situation where, you know, there's a there's a foul on a three point play called uh, against you and it's three free throws, um, you know, that's and, and you're and you're 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 pretty positive that it's gonna get overturned. If you can correct a three point mistake Uh, early in the game Uh, that's that's such a big variance on the final score that there are many instances when when doing that is 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 the right thing now there are other things that go into this as well so each each game um, each quarter there are two mandatory timeouts Um, if no timeouts are called once you hit five minutes into the game the first timeout automatically gets called on the first dead ball after five minutes, and it goes to the home team. Um, the second the second one comes at the three-minute mark of the first quarter or nine minutes in, and that one automatically goes to the road team. Now, if, if either team uh, – now, it's possible, and it's happened to us a lot this year. I take the first timeout because it's ours that's coming, um, and it kicks in automatically, or I take it. And then sometimes you need to take the second timeout before three three minutes comes. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're down to five and your opponent has seven. And so, but here's, here's, the, here's the thing to remember is that if either of the mandatory timeouts are in line to happen and you challenge, that timeout is going to happen. That's part of the mandate of this. Um, you will not get that timeout back. Now, if you challenge um, a non-mandatory one, one that happens um, in the last three minutes of the game that's a non-mandatory or in, in the quarter that's a non-mandatory, that's one that you will get back. So that also carries weight as to whether um, a challenge is, is the right thing to do at that particular time. And now that you have the ability to get um, a a challenge back and do a second one, it just you really have to be certain that that first one is the right one, um and then you have one and you want to hold it till the end of the game if you can. you know, Boston took one last night pretty early in the game. they didn't they weren't successful, so they didn't have anything at the end and so um, you know you don't want to be in that position if you can avoid it.
0: Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. And then at the very, very end of the game, after all of that, uh, Matherin gets the ball. Matherin fouled by Porzingis. What were you guys thinking there with that play? Hey, cleared out. Let him create. And then I think after the game you said, let's get him going downhill, which ultimately is what happened. And then he goes to the line for three. You had him miss the third one. I guess what was the thought process with everything there that happened in the final two seconds?
1: Well, you know, the, the first uh, possession, um you know, I think we had it six seconds or something like that. No, it's three point two, I believe. Um that was the one we were trying to get him a catch and get him downhill. They had a foul to give, so we called two plays. Uh on the second play, you know, there was you know, he was he was involved, buddy was involved, and Miles Turner was involved as well. Um and in that case, you know, T J McConnell um Knows knows the guy who's has probably has the greatest ability to rise up and, and just create something, and that and that is Matherin. And so he gets it to him. Uh, it, it was it was tight space, but that's exactly what he did. Drew a three point foul, and then um, you know he I didn't we didn't say anything to him about missing the third until he had made the first two, but with 0.6 seconds left, you know, you're going to burn at least 0.3 seconds on a miss. And then that takes away the catch and shoot opportunity for a three. Right. And then, and then, you know, at that point, you know, then it's just whether they can throw it up there and on a hail Mary and get, and get a tip, which is very difficult. Now, you know, they are the best three point shooting team in basketball. They have, the greatest ability to rise up over somebody. They got a seven four guy in Porzingis. They've got Jalen Brown who had a forty point night. They got um White and they've got um Holiday. And these guys are all great three point shooters. And then, you know, if if Pritchard runs around and gets open, he had made three or four in the game. So uh decided to to, to go ahead and miss miss the third one, take the catch and shoot three out of the equation because that's you know that's that's a three point shot. You could <laughs> Someone could get fouled. You could even foul a guy on a three, and he could make it, and you could actually you could actually end up losing the game. So um, it all worked out, fortunately. Um, but as you saw, you know they they threw it up there and did get a hand on it, and the ball got tipped, and it was on the rim, and it and, and fortunately fortunately for us, it missed. But you know that was the kind of game it was. I mean, every time we had a chance to put you know real separation in the game like we would miss a free throw and then or or they would miss a free throw you know it was it was just one of those ones where whoever won the game was going to have to do it the hard way
2: yeah it was a great great second half great close there from the pacers last night uh all right rick last one again appreciate the time here as always on this Tuesday morning for our audience that just joined us MRI coming later this morning for Tyrese Halliburton. Did you get any inkling last night on the severity of it, or is this strictly something you got to wait for the MRI?
1: Well, you got to wait for the MRI. I mean, the fact that he did, he did walk on it under his own power, uh, back to the locker room from the training room initially, and then walked out of the building on his own power. That's, you know, that's something that is encouraging. Um, but we will have to see. Um, it's you know <laughs> it's very strange. you know it was almost exactly a year ago when he had the injury in New York um, that was kind of a similar situation. He kind of fell and slipped at the same time. but um, we'll hope that the prognosis here is 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 a little at least at least a little better than that one. I think he missed twelve games on that one um, and uh but we'll find out more today.
2: Certainly, fingers crossed across the state of Indiana and really the NBA world because it has been such a joy to watch Tyrese Halliburton play basketball this season. Uh, but uh, having said that, uh, darn impressive last night and your team's resolve in getting that victory. So congrats on that, Coach. Fingers crossed later today. And uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday.
1: Okay, thanks, guys. Be well.